At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This episode is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Nestled against a rolling hillside and just down the road from Palomar Mountain, guests at Harris Resort SoCal can expect gorgeous views, friendly staff, available night and day to encourage everyone to have a great time. When I was there recently, I had a chance to dine at California's first and the nation's largest house kitchen. And it's true, the beef wellington and sticky toffee dessert are great. The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harris Resort SoCal in 2024. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over the world. Thank you all for uh, coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you for, yeah, having, for having us. us. So, Thank um, you for us. I wanted to to start by saying um, whenever anybody asks me or whenever I ask anybody if they watched uh, House of Ho, I always tell them if they say no, I always say you everyone needs to keep an open mind because this is our story, whether you grew up in Houston or not. Vietnamese, this is our story. And there's a lot of gems that come out of the episodes. And I encourage everybody. And I'm not a reality uh, show watcher. A lot of people are not. But I think there's a lot of conversion now. So congratulations. And I really am thankful and grateful that this exists in our in our media space today. Well, so, I'm grateful that you have an open mind about it, because I think some people, when they see the advertising, you know, they're thrown off by the whole crazy rich Asians kind of platform. And they're like, oh, I don't want to see more of that. But I think once they take a chance on us and watch the show, they do learn that that's not what we're all about. Yeah, I completely agree. I. I cried up, I cried probably twice. Um, and I'm not gonna give away when, but uh, yeah, literally <laughs> cried. It touches, you know, there's, I mean, especially the, the there's two scenes in there that, you know, especially the New Year's one and there's one with your father that really um, touched me on a very deep level. So I, I wanna start this episode to ask you specifically what um, being Vietnamese growing up in Houston is like for all of you. Well, for me, uh, I appreciate that Houston has such a large Vietnamese American population. I feel like even though we grow up and most our school is mostly Caucasian, I feel like we still felt rooted in our culture because the church that we went to was Vietnamese and my parents had such a large circle of Vietnamese friends. So I felt like it was a good way to grow up in both environments where we grew up with our parents and our traditional values and had that upbringing. We were surrounded by that at home. But when we went to school, we were, you know, we grew up with more American values that we embraced that as well. Right. And Leslie, you you didn't grow up in Houston, right? You grew up in nope, Dallas. Yeah, no, I grew up in Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. My apologies. So what, what does being Vietnamese mean to you today? 
So being Vietnamese today is just, you know, it was different. I, I was back in Oklahoma this past weekend and it's, uh, my father-in-law had actually said, um, this is not exciting. You know, there's, he, he was like, I'm not excited when I'm here. And I was like, yeah, it's not, it's not exciting. There's not a big Vietnamese population. We have, you know, one Asian grocery store in the South side, uh, but my parents are comfortable and they're happy, you know, and, but I feel like being in that environment, not having many Asians around really made me question who I was and question my background and question where my parents came from even more so because we didn't have the traditions and we didn't have, you know, a big community um, celebrations like I do see here in Houston. Houston's, you know, very culturally diverse. It's a large city on the map. It's a large city with its statistics and demographics, but it's actually a very, um, you know, small, close-knit community that supports each other. And we were lucky to have this project. And thank you for uh, having all four of us together today. You're very welcome. Reagan? Um, being Vietnamese, yeah, Houston's a good city. It's uh, We had a good mix of Vietnamese culture um, from my parents and church, like Judy said. But uh, I think for the most part, I mean, we're born and raised in America. Like, I think we identify a lot more with Western culture. We 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 respect the Vietnamese culture because that's where we come from, and and you know we want to honor our parents and honor where we came from. But uh, but we're pretty Western for the most part. I, I like to think. So, from that, I'd like to ask: when you are all talking to your parents that articulation the the real the messaging inside of your mind whenever you're sitting down to communicate um how much of the feeling of them understanding you all do you really get do you think that they understand you and vice versa on a on a real communicative level because of the language barrier i think you know my parents are you know a little more westernized than most vietnamese that came over at you know around the same time or the same generation and most of all, I think, you know, they've always been open-minded to adapting to change. I think that's helped them be successful professionally, but also with our family. But do you think they understand you and do you really understand them? Yes, they do. They, uh, you know, they, they've always been very open-minded, although, you know, a little bit of the old uh, Eastern mentality gets to them, but at least they give it a chance to to hear us out and you know fortunately on this project they you know kind of agreed to help all of us out and, and sharing our story right right and leslie how do you feel uh, i definitely don't feel like my parents understood me you know even growing up i, I definitely feel like there's a language barrier but wash's parents are more americanized than my parents are and they understood you know that we have to adapt being born and raised in America versus, you know, we didn't grow up in Vietnam. So the traditions are different. Um, just the lifestyle is different. For me, it was a struggle just even asking to go to prom or homecoming. I was, right. I was talking to Judy about this last night. Like my mom, they didn't have that in Vietnam, you know? But here, it, our high school was surrounded by, you know, homecoming and it was centralized around social <clears throat> and something that my parents didn't understand. So I struggled with that my entire life because they didn't have any other Vietnamese friends really that let their kids go to homecoming or prom or things that, you know, is so natural in, you know, somebody that was raised in America. Um, and I still speak Vietnamese to my parents. They don't, 
there's a huge language barrier. They don't speak English that well or understand it that well. You know, I was talking to my dad and he had said, uh, he'd use the word intimate, you know, he's learning English. And he said, me and my cousins are intimate. And I said, oh no, dad, that's not the right use of it. And he's like, oh, why intimate? I looked it up. It means you're close. You're, I'm close to my cousin. I said, no, 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 no. Like in America, intimate here means like, you know, you're close to your wife, you're intimate with your wife, you're intimate, you know, um, that's more of like, a, it's hard to explain to him, you know, like kind of like sexual, but not, you know, yeah, you're close, but that's not the way you use it. You know, you're not intimate with your cousin. Right. So even right. now it's still like a language barrier. <laughs> I'm trying to explain to them. Yeah. And that's like, one percent of our lives with with these people with these older folks right there there's meaning is lost in the nuance now mm -hmm. yeah, i agree but yeah um the nuance is key but uh i was just laughing about what, what her father said but <laughs> but uh, I, <laughs> I don't know, maybe in Oklahoma they get intimate with their cousins. <laughs> it's not Arkansas, uh, right? Somehow I knew one of you were going to go there. <laughs> I was expecting it for Washington. Uh, um, yeah, my, my, my parents understand us. They're pretty laid back. My dad my dad is a very smart guy, but he, he can be, he doesn't express it a lot, his emotions. So even if he understands us, sometimes he just ignores it but I, I know he's he's the type he's always watching and he always knows what's going on yeah. so but the communication it, it can be tough but he, he understands english but you know it's tough it's tough not because of the language barrier it's tough just because he is the way he is right right judy yeah uh i agree with my brothers said um i feel like they know us and they know where our heart is and what our intentions are do they under do they accept it probably not all the time but at the same time i feel like my parents are open especially after doing this show and just letting everything out there um if anything with age and everything that we've gone through together as a family um they they've come around a lot you know when i when i think about two people who are intimate who are in love the communication that needs to happen between two people is hard enough right and we're like right speaking perfect English with each other and that ability to communicate and to and really listen to what the other mm -hmm. person's saying, that's a big challenge in itself. Right. And so when I said that I cried twice, um, what I meant by that is um, the words weren't spoken in, in this particular scene, but the experience of being felt, just being felt, by um your your parents is what i felt and i think that's sort of like what they have to sort of give is the experience of just being there for us but not being able to articulate sometimes in words watching that is very emotional and i and i hope that viewers or potential viewers keep an open mind because of that sort of experience um that that i that i felt you know if you were able to say things that, um, you know, with your children, um, are you all able to be open to, and, and I'm speaking to the parents here, uh, be, are you able to be open to your children more freely than your parents were? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that obviously there's not a language barrier with our children. And I, we know what it was like growing up with our parents who probably were less expressive than we had hoped for, you know, less touchy feely, less talking about emotions and tell me how you feel. So I, 
tried to do the opposite of that with my yeah. kids and really let them feel what they feel and try to, you know, navigate that with them as opposed to just, you know, either telling them to shut it down or <laughs> stop crying or, you know, and, and I just want them to feel open and free with me to share whatever it is that they want to share, even if they think it's going to make me unhappy so that later on down the road, you know, when they're older and they're dealing with things that are a lot more serious, that I can be there and be a real source of support as opposed to me where now when I go through things, in a lot of ways, I don't want to burden my parents with that because I know they're going to have a negative reaction or they're going to, you know, be very unhappy about it or give me a guilt trip. So if anything, I try not to share with them. And I hope that it's not the same way with my kids when they're older. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with Judy. Uh, with our kids, I really push to show my emotions. You know, if, I'm, if I did something wrong, then I apologize for it. You know, whereas my mom <laughs> never does, you know? So something with that or just telling my kids I love them. Like growing up, my dad never said I love you until I was like 10. And that's because I watched so much Full House. That's what I grew up with. And every other scene was them hugging, you know, let's talk it through, let's hug. I love you. And so I had said something to my dad when I was 10 that said, um, I said, oh, dad, I know you don't love, I know you love me, even though you don't say you love me. And ever since then, even to now, he'll tell me every time he walks in a room, I love you. Every time he leaves the room, I love oh. you. Um, now he does because he, he explained it to me. He said, you know, growing up, my dad never said I love you. My mom never said I love you. That was how it was when he was raised in the Vietnamese culture. You just don't show your emotions like that. So with my kids now, you know, I make sure that we talk through our emotions, that we tell them we love them and they say it back. And, you know, something that's more, I don't know if it's more um, westernized now, but something that I didn't have growing up that my parents didn't understand. Right, right. Well, Washington, uh, you care to explain that reaction you had with Leslie? <laughs> I wish you would. Uh, I love her mom. You know, her mom's great. But like, you know, a little more affection from Leslie to me would be nice. <laughs> the intimate. Yeah, the I love you. That wasn't a question, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> um, I... I kind of want to know, though, are we using the, the this might be a very ignorant question, but the fact that we are able to say I love you and, and express all these wonderful things, are, are we making our kids because I have children as well? Are we making them softer? Because the way we grew up with these parents who are not using words to express, we were kind of having to be on edge and watch things and be more observing and kind of it had to dial us into just more nuanced mm. sort of communication. I think about that a lot. What do you what do you all think about that? But then I think, uh, I think there's the other extreme, you know, where you hear about kids that don't get affection and they're like serial killers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Reagan? I, I think it just depends on the individual. Everybody takes it a little bit differently. I mean yeah, in some ways it makes it puts you on edge, but is being on edge a good thing? I don't I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, but it, it can make you more, I guess, observant and more intuitive in a way. But but that's for me. But I don't. I, I think everyone handles it differently. I don't. I don't. I don't think. In general, I don't think it's it's a it's a good way to raise kids. But that's just maybe because I was raised in it, but, uh, but I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. Yeah. No. You know, um, I've 
spoken to a lot of friends that, that are kind of our age and our generation with fathers that were ex-military high-ranking officials coming out of Vietnam. Most of those guys had a lot of PTSD when they came to, to the U.S. and they weren't really able to really fully operate again at their full selves. My father and a few of my uncles were the, in, that, in that category. You knew they were smart guys, but they just didn't get it together. You all, on the other hand, totally different. I think you you have a, a wonderful father that really hustled and, and really put the time into focus on the finances and, and everything. Sort of rest in your psyche, in your mind. Do you have to, you know, live up to that? Or how, you know, if you were to do a deep dive, does that weight of your, your father and your mother's success weigh down on you all? I think it, you know, it makes you have very high expectations of yourself because you see what our parents were able to achieve considering where they came from. And, you know, we've had every advantage. So the expectations are very, yeah. very high. And, you know, my dad is not afraid of reminding us of all that all the time. Um, at the same time, I try to not to like let it weigh on me too much. And at the same time, I just use it as a way to like, um, something to look up to, something yeah. to aspire to at the same time. Um, as, as you know, my, my dad is all about ambition and, you know, being successful and enjoying all the material wealth that he's achieved, but his number one, like the most important priority in his life is his family and how he treats his children and his wife. So to me, when I think of my parents, mm -hmm. that's what I aspire to the most. That's a great answer. And Judy, it, it reflects in the show. And I, and I think that is the thing that I want people to not gloss over just the sort of like the, the, the media campaign that, you know, it's mm -hmm. flashy. That, that's really the meat of why this is important. This is why I want to sit and talk to the four of you, because we, we don't get to hear that while we're watching the show. You have to kind of like watch it and experience it. And you pick up on that sort mm -hmm. of that patriarchal kind of feeling that that your father is 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 giving um yeah uh, yeah it, it can put uh, add a little bit extra pressure that's for sure my daddy expects a lot so as as any parent does seeing him be successful of course adds a little bit of extra pressure and he's just he's a tough man he's a military man he's a drill sergeant so you know, a lot of times it's his way or the highway. So if you if you don't listen to him, you better be right. And <laughs> yeah, and and if and and if you are right, he he never gives you credit. He just ignores <laughs> it. So it's it's tough dealing with him sometimes. But tough but love. you know, it's, it's all love. Yeah. But but Leslie, you're you're from you're not from inside the family. You're married in. How do you feel? Do you feel the pressure, or do you feel like? what you've done in your life is sort of like, you know, I've already done, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all right. I'm doing good. And it doesn't affect you or just not even pressure, but just sort of like his example in life. Like, does it weigh down in your kind of your, your mental movements and in, in terms of the, your career and stuff? I don't think as, as far as my career, I think I, I feel the pressure as in, he always constantly reminds me that his wife, you know, made him the way he is. And without her, he wouldn't have had it. Without her support, she had to do this. She had to sacrifice this. So I feel like the pressure on me is more like, I feel like I have to be the same in terms of Washington. You know, for him to aspire to be like his dad, I have to also conform my ways like his mother did. Does that make any sense? And like, as far as like the kids, yes. um, 
So as far as the career-wise, choice-wise, he doesn't put the pressure on me like he does Judy Wash and Reagan. But the support-wise, you know, Washington can't be the man that, that he knows he can be without me doing what he thinks, like, that his wife did for him. Right. Do you agree with that? I mean, it's different because, you know, they had just came to America. So she had to get up at five and work and, and sacrifice this and sacrifice that and host, you know. Um, for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm a working mother. Um, I have a career of my own. I agree to some extent and I, and I don't to others. Mm. There's some characteristics. Yeah. You know, to support, but things like, um, you know, if there's big businessmen in town and I have to serve them plates or get bottles of water for them, you know, uh, I mean, I'll do it, but it, it's not my natural instinct to come, you know. <laughs> she will here's, not do it. I'll do it. I've never seen you do it. <laughs> but I don't naturally, you know, I, I, I naturally am a part of the conversation. I, I don't sit on the sideline and I don't sit there and hold a tray of water, you know. And that's Washington. why. Just saying. That's why the big deals don't get closed. <laughs> So now we're in therapy. <laughs> Let's get out of therapy mode. Yes. Washington. Yes, Washington. So uh, you want to respond to this too? Not not for, not respond to Leslie, but you know, the, the weight of your father or your parents. There's no weight, you know, I mean, anything they're expecting is probably realistic with the opportunities they've given, the opportunities that have abounded, the, the network that we have. Um, uh, you know, speaking of my wife, you know, she's a great partner. Um, before her, I thought, you know, being, living up to my father was about uh, money or, you know, success and career. But it was more, you know, he was just happy that I chose Leslie as my partner because we have two beautiful kids, a healthy family. And, and that comes number one. Number two, you know, I don't blame my wife for some of my failures. I, I take accountability for it. Um, you know, a little support <laughs> when I mess up would help uh, instead of like, you know, throwing more, you know, gas on the fire. Um, but I think me and my wife are getting closer. Uh, we recently let go of our nanny. So we've- We've had learned, to communicate better. <laughs> yeah, well, we were forced to communicate. Yeah. And, you know, that's really helped our relationship. And I think accountability on both ends, you know, as far as kid wise, because usually the nanny's there to, to pick up everything that we can't do. Right. And now it's just between me there's and Washington. Always, there's always a buffer. And then there's date night when you want it because there's somebody there. But now it's kind of like, you know, who's going to take care of the kids when I have girls night out or things like that. Wait, when you have girls night out? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I mean networking guys. <laughs> networking. That could go a lot of different ways. Uh, networking guys. I get back to therapy. <laughs> Eighty percent of our audience is female, so I do gotta please them. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, how do you think your your parents have changed um since the the show's aired? I think I wish they would have changed more, but <laughs> <laughs> I do I wanna yeah, hear they didn't, they didn't change much. Oh, they didn't change much. Think. I think they're too rich to yeah, I disagree. I disagree with that. I think, um, especially with Judy's story, you know, just having one-on-one -on -one conversations with them, looking, they rewatched it and see, you know, cause we weren't, we didn't get to see every scene and to see how raw Judy was and her emotions behind it. I think that really changed their perspective. 
I don't think they've changed, but they've become more accepting of the decisions that I've made in my life. And, you know, let's, they're more open to it and they're happy for me at this point. Yeah. But let's talk about who really changed. Ooh. Who, who really changed? Washington. Superstar right here. Me? Judy Howe. How'd I change? You like shined on the, the camera. She's already shined. No. Yeah, but how, <laughs> wait, wait, but Washington. Yeah, but Washington, what do you mean Judy's changed? Like, for, for, tell us what you think. Like, I how think do you I think she's changed? After, after the, um, her letting, being vulnerable and letting off her chest some of the truth and being open to my parents, I think she's become more, uh, feels more empowered. Also, mm. she's in love, but she seems a lot more confident. Um, I think it, it brought out, you know, a side of her that, you know, we all get to see what the world has never gotten mm. to see. And so, you know, I'm really happy for her. <laughs> Is that true? Judy? I, I would, yeah, I right would agree that I would agree that what Wash how Wash just described Judy, but I would say Wash changed more than Judy, in my opinion. Mm. Because um I've I've never seen him take so many selfies before. Now everywhere <laughs> he goes, all he does. He's always got his he's got his cell phone on twenty four seven taking videos and selfies. I got and a uh, hundred I mean, thousand. But you know, he said he like he always says, "I need content. I need content." But, I got uh, so much content. But uh, <laughs> but you know, that's always been his personality. But I like to see Washington having fun with it. He's he's having a lot of fun. So. You, you know, I, I can comment on, on Washington, but I do want to go back to Judy, Judy's change. What I can comment on Washington just by from the first episode of the show and as I'm just following him on social media, and it's the, the self-awareness has increased quite a bit from my perspective. Yeah, I can see it slowly sort of being more aware of his flaws, his own temperament, his mm -hmm. own disposition mm -hmm. and in the way he treats um, his family and Leslie. So it's it's very rewarding. And you know we'll talk about if there's a second show renewal, but if there's anything that people should look forward to, I think that's like sort of that, that self-awareness that's building up um, in Washington's person, personality. But now I wanna go back to what Washington, what, how do you like change in, in terms of, I mean, I, we have to go back to Judy actually, because Judy, how, how do you feel? Do you feel like there has been a transformation? I feel there has been a transformation, but I don't think it's because of the show. I think it's because it just so happened that they filmed what I was going mm. through at the time and that was a transformation, but whether the show was taking or not, that would have happened. Um, you know, I, I was getting out of a marriage I was turning 40 and I just think for a woman, when you have those two milestones in your life, there's bound to be change. And for me, it was for the better. And it just happened to be shown on national TV. But for sure, I think Washington's changed the most. He, uh, as you said, from the first episode to the last, and even now, you know, I feel like he's more embraced, like being a husband and a dad and being more present. And he's doing such a great job on his journey. And I'm so proud to see, to witness it. To respond to that, I think, you know, this is not a generalization for all Vietnamese men, but our culture really embraces this sort of chauvinistic side of men mm -hmm. kind of being able to be anything they damn want in their family. American mm -hmm. society 
forces us to be much more um, impractical with that, which means I think that they're, you know, women and men are equal in the family. And so men have to take a, 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 a re reality check on their own awareness. And you could see this evolution in this show with Washington. And I think what you just said, Judy, about um, it would happen whether or not the cameras were on you or not. But I think for Washington, maybe this has actually helped mm -hmm. propel the awareness, uh, rate of awareness um, growth. Regan, I don't know much about you other than, you know, uh, what what we've seen in the last two episodes, but- um, What, what do, you see you is feel? what you get. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, has it changed me? Not much, I was barely on it. I mean, I still am who I am, but uh, yeah, it's been good to see my sister and my brother both, you know, blossom and become better people, better parents. And actually, it's been cool. I think the TV show brought all of us closer, my whole family closer together. Even though I'm, I'm not on it, you know, I, I can see that. So right. it's, it's, been, it's been pretty good. Um, I'm going to start this question with Leslie. From the minute Washington's words impacted your ears when he brought the message to you about doing the show, what did you think in your head? What were your ex, you know, Washington? <laughs> What what were your expectations or what did you think specifically? You know, and I think um I think the whole family knows Wash well enough to know that when he comes up with these crazy ideas, we just kind of brush it off. You know, we were just like, mm. okay, whatever, you know. Um I didn't believe him. Uh it wasn't until I think we had cameras in our house that I was like, oh crap, this is really happening, you know. You know, because I think Judy and Reagan both would agree with me. Wash comes up with crazy <laughs> ideas all the time. Like he yeah. He says stuff all the time, you know, and so we just all kind of, okay, whatever, bud. Okay, but then once you kind of had this like epiphany where like, okay, shit, shit just got real moment, right? What did it's an you- an oh shit moment, yeah. yeah. Oh shit, yeah, like, so what, uh... what did you specifically think that you wanted to kind of like show the world or allow to show the world? You know, I don't even think I got time to process it. I know during that time, Wash and I were going through something similar, like, you know, in real time, you know, his with his arrest and um, his drinking problems. Like, we were going through that. We were going through therapy. So, to me, it was more of the, I don't want to show the world that. You know, I don't want to, why would I go on TV to show the world how crazy he is, you know, or how our marriage is terrible. Like, oh, my gosh. Um, so I think during the whole filming process, I was very much aware of, no, you can't show that scene. No, we can't be talking about that. No, I don't want to talk about that. Um, mm. Because I didn't want that to come out. You know, stuff that I didn't even tell my parents. And, and right. that was my biggest fear was like, I didn't want to show my mom, you know, or my, or my dad or my family. I, I didn't even call him. I didn't talk to him. The only person that knew anything was like, wash his family. So to have that on TV, I'm like, oh, and now I have to tell my parents before they find out on TV what happened or, you know, and there's gonna be so many questions. Is this really how your marriage is? How many years did you guys do this? You know, um, it's not the happy family that you would see in Christmas cards that I send every year. Yeah. And so that was my biggest fear. It wasn't the world necessarily. It was like, okay, now I gotta, you know, it's uh, the kids' schools, you know, they, it's such a small private school. I was worried that the parents were gonna see it. And then you know, our friends are going to see it. Stuff that I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew anything. So that was my biggest fear. And I was like, oh, shit, now what? You know, yeah, and I was yeah. trying to kind of carve the story. And I was trying to control it a little bit <laughs> to where 
you know, you don't see this, you don't see that. Okay, see a little bit of something, but in the end, it all came out anyways. You know, in yeah. the end, it leaked out. I didn't even tell the producers until I think like the fifth episode or something um, that they really knew what was going on. Like we already, we already started filming and they didn't know anything that was going on, but we were having problems. They could see it. And it was seeping into, you know, our conversations. It was seeping into the way we were. And so they had finally sat us down. I was like, okay, what, what is going on? What, what, what's happening? Like we need to, we're storytellers here. We need to, you know, you got to be honest and upfront. You didn't tell me. Well, they sat down. Yeah, I did. Um, so. And you know, Leslie, what you just said really answers a lot of people. Uh, they wonder, they're like, how much reality is reality on these shows, right? And I think that- well, it comes out. Yeah, you just answered it. It's the yeah. shit is real. It's yeah, I mean, it's, it's real. A, it's impossible to, you know, we're not trained actors, but you know, when, the, you know, you're with your wife, the love of your life, you've never been filmed before and there's cameras all around you and there's crew around you to fake anything. So, you know, there. I remember it was like the second week and producers are like okay so leslie's gonna sit here at the breakfast table in the, the dining room you're gonna come on and be like hi leslie how are you doing today and i mean we did that like 20 times but it, it you know you, you can't fake it and that's when we kind of like had to talk to producers and be like hey this is what's going on oh. you know i know we want to um you know be as authentic as possible and we think you need to, you guys need to know this and so that's when it got more comfortable right i right. think you could see me being more comfortable after episode four and five and re- try to redeem myself because i finally was able to let go of everything and uh, that was probably the hardest part for me me and leslie was to let the world know that you know our relationship has a lot of problems and a lot of issues but uh like reagan said I think as a family, it was therapeutic in a weird way where we were forced to work together and we're closer now than we were before. It feels like we're in high school again, actually. What? <laughs> right? Like we're I mean, having, I feel like all well, the conversations. Fun again is what I'm yeah, saying. At yeah. least with the closer now. Yeah. All yeah. the conversations that we had was filmed in real time. You know, stuff that, okay, you know, want to talk to Wash about his drinking. Like, I've been putting that off for years, you know, and, and mm. to, to have to sit there and talk to him and have his reaction. And I don't know how he's going to react to anything and having, you know, cameras in our face about it. I mean, everything was filmed real time. I think about a Vietnamese wife in Vietnam growing up in the 70s or 60s and growing and going through what you went through, Leslie, you would have to just grin and bear it for the rest of your life. Forget the 60s. I, his mother's friends are like, oh, my husband's the same way, but we just aren't we just don't say anything we're just quiet you just sit you just stick there and you just deal with it you know like and that's what like the 90s the 80s and it's still happening like these women are just you know their husbands are that way and you just you just deal with it because you're the wife and you married him and and that's it you just shut up and let him be you know or uh what did someone tell me oh you just go to another room and close the door until he's you know done with it sober (laughs) no you know no Judy, I want to go back to the question, though. What did you expect um, when Washington told you <laughs> Washington, when Washington um, told you about the the show? Not not over. I, I don't want to know the initial like, oh, my God, like he, he's coming with some crazy idea. But no, once you're like, this shit is real. What did you think in your head? Like, what did you expect 
that you wanted to show to the world? One thing you got to understand in my family is that when there's this, <laughs> all the hoes like to, to act. Uh, um, there's not enough, not enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> Producers. Um, I, I was fine with sharing what I was going through. You know, when he, same reaction as I, Leslie, I was like, oh, is this real? And once they showed up, I, I'm, I'm either, <laughs> I, I was like, if I'm signed on, I'm going to show it all. And I was mm. like, zero, 100, I'm at 100. So from day one, I was like, whatever you guys are asking me during our interviews, whatever's going on in my real life, I'm open no to limits. sharing it. Yeah. No. These two were lagging behind. <laughs> you guys. Yeah, I was the opposite. Oh my God. I was at 150. She was at 50. So it was like me trying to be like, Hmm, we gotta do this, girl. Like, no, because I had more like, to lose. I felt like, like, you know, I mean, yeah. I didn't have, she goes, I didn't I have the friends. love story, you know, like, oh, I'm so in love. I didn't have that. I had like the the shit, you know. And I was like, well, what do I have to gain from from showing this? And like, she blamed uh, me for all the shit. Well, it's a well, reality I'm, show. I'm, you gotta you gotta show it. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, I, I know that, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, I didn't want to, and I feel like, like it, it seeped out anyway. She goes, I don't want people to know that I'm crazy enough to pick your ass as a husband on that, like, international TV. Like, that shit ain't cool. Well, let's not. Well, it's too late. We're in week five. Like, I can't freaking fake it anymore. Like, I, I would argue, though, that hasn't things improved, even if it's, you know, right? It's, yeah. The, the ability yeah. to, to yeah. get Washington to be more aware is it's got to be life changing, yeah. right? For everybody, for yeah. you. Obviously, yeah. she she let me be myself today. I just wanted to be comfortable. And thanks, honey. I love you. Mm-hmm. When does she not let you be yourself? She always tells me how to dress. Like I'm. I do not her. ever tell you how to dress. <laughs> I think that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. Reagan looks nice today, though. I said he looked like he was running for president. When I, saw I know, wearing, it's the opposite. I usually when, expect I saw Reagan him wearing a suit. Yeah. I went in my closet and my wife goes, what do you wear? I go, I got to dress as Reagan today. <laughs> usually it's the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just wearing boxers underneath that. <laughs> the next question is, uh, Reagan, can you stand up so we can see? What's uh, <laughs> roller skates? That's, that's going to cost That's going to cost you. <laughs> this is only fans. Yeah. <laughs> $4.99 a month. <laughs> Only fans interview with Reagan, but it shows the bottom. <laughs> what what new things um what new realizations uh have each one of you come up with since the show? Whether it's about yourself or about actually what is the one thing about yourself and then the one thing about your family that you've realized? You know what's really cool though? One of my biggest fears was like you know when like you google reality shows or stuff like that yeah like people tend to divorce or best friends or brothers and sisters get farther apart or like the one percent chance that it's therapeutic and they get closer i'm just glad we all got closer and you know didn't like oh you're the king of statistics he came down and was like uh judy's divorced if you hang out with judy you have a 75 percent chance of getting divorced and then, like reality stars, you know, really? there's like an eighty percent chance of getting divorced. <laughs> hey, so what, like, what are you? Hey, you know, why are you I looking gotta, that up, Washington? You know, why I'm are you looking up, up divorce to get what I want? <laughs> and what is it that you want? 
I just wanted, you know, not to lose my sister as my best friend and then not to lose my wife as my best friend at the same time because they started sharing things and I thought that was like not cool. We're girls, you know, and when Judy lived with me, we were closest than we've ever been because it's usually about kids and stuff. What about me? Uh, Yeah. What was the question again? Sorry, I got (laughs) sidetracked. What are the new things you realized about yourself and about your family? So internally, what did you realize about yourself? And then what is the new thing you realized about your family after the show? So I've always felt like I live my life and I really don't care what anyone else says. And this just cemented it, you know, like my life is out there and I know a lot of people have opinions. You know, I turned off the comments on my Instagram. You know, a lot of people are positive. Obviously there are haters. I don't care to hear you either one. Um, and, then, and you know, my parents, they're always, you know, typical Asian family, you know, they only want people to know the good things about us. And um, I feel like after everything, I think they realize, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what other people say, you know, they've been fine. You know, all our family secrets are out there and they're just fine. So, you know, all those things that they were holding on to or so afraid about sharing, you know, I think all of us realize at the end of the day, you know, we live our own truth and it is what it is. Yeah, I learned it was good to see my family come together as a unit and, you know, put on an interesting show. I know they went through, especially Washington Leslie went through a lot to really reveal their real lives. So that was pretty cool to see Um, because I knew they were I knew they were going through a lot. So I I was interested to see how much they were going to reveal, too. So that was pretty cool. Me learning about myself. I don't know. I was barely on the show. I learned. Yeah. I, I am who I am. I don't know. Um, I think I learned... He, he learned how popular he is with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I did learn that. But, uh... <laughs> Reagan is a, a cool, confident, you know, that's what it shows up on, on the episode. Very cool, very confident. You know, you have your, uh, you have a very even keel. Good. Yeah. Good to hear. What about you, Washington? <laughs> any, any new revelations about yourself and about your family? after the show you know i appreciate you recognizing the self-awareness um but definitely you know seeing yourself sober as well is a little bit different for me i used to mask my pain with alcohol or you know drugs or you know whatever uh but seeing myself um you know going through recovery as well as being recovery outside and watching myself um, I think that's what's helped with the self-awareness a lot. So I'm just trying to stay away from the danger zone, you know, um, you know, whether it's if, I, if I'm feeling weak that day, you know, me and my wife have learned, you know, I'll just communicate it. And, you know, sometimes she'll go to the party by herself or she'll just come home early. But sometimes I feel weak and I can't be around. It's not that I don't love my old friends, but like, it's hard to watch, um, you know, how the Asian culture is and what I've, when I'm fucked up, I really do come off as a big dick and asshole. And, uh, I didn't really like that about myself. So Mm. I understood more why people felt the way they did. That might've been my defense mechanism, but like the way it affected other people didn't make me feel well. Um, of course, you know, watching myself with my kids and my wife, you know, if that was the best I could do, that'd be great. But since being a half-ass uh, 
father or husband or businessman or son or brother, you know, and having the potential to be better, it has affected me as well. Um, try to make me focus more on my mental and emotional health and trying to be more like my father. And what I saw on the show about my father was that he um, doesn't wear his emotions on his sleeves like me. And that's probably made him a better father, husband and successful businessman. Maybe he wears it too hard, but like I'm trying to work on that as well. It's by keeping my emotions as stable as possible. So I don't, uh, you know, fall off or, fall back into where I was. I think for me, I have realized I'm more resilient than I had thought that I was. I think I was just trying to stay afloat and keep the family together, you know, and hide my problems for so long that it was just, you know, this task and this task. I was just moving from day-to-day task to task. And now, you know, going through the filming and so many hours for filming and having to talk about our problems in such a short span, you know, something that, you know, would have maybe taken six months to to talk about and deal with um, and to go through therapy and everything we had to go through in like two months, Mm -hmm. you know, so that pressure on us really has showed me, you know, how strong our marriage is um, and the capabilities of both of us to put our family first um, and to get through and solve situations and problems. I have um, lived with this Vietnamese proverb for many years of my life. And as I'm going through life, I've heard it through other um, cultures as well. So it's not just the Vietnamese culture that has this proverb, but it's basically no three generations are remain rich and no three generations remain poor. And there's obvious cycles to this, right? Because if you can imagine like the rich, the rich is like the grandfather, you know, he, he made, he amassed a ton of wealth. And then the son sort of can like live in that sort of like that, uh, that gap that, that he's made money, Mm -hmm. but the ambition is lost from the father to the son. And then from the son, he still has residual money, goes down to the the daughter or the the next generation. Third, it's gone. It's sort of that muscle to, to, to hustle is gone. And then they've, burned through all the money and then that fourth generation lives in poverty and begins to understand like got to like and then so the cycle repeats itself you and i we are on the second generation so we're we're kind of in the sweet spot of of parents having money but now we have to worry about the children that our children um having it too easy um i guess my question is do you I would like to hear your thoughts on what the third generation for your family, like where you feel like your mind space is headed with your children. Well, with my kids, I feel like our right now, obviously our, our parents spoil our kids a lot. Like right. they'll be like, oh, we're going to Target. You can pick whatever you want. So they, I feel like when they think of their grandparents, they're like, oh, grandpa, you know, he takes me out. We get to do all these fun things. But I think when they come with me, when I go to Target, I'm not like, oh, guys, pick whatever you want. Grandpa says we can get five things, you know. <laughs> I'm more like, okay, if if we have like a good week, you guys have been listening, you've been doing what I've asked of you, you can pick one toy at the end of it. Just kind of setting like a, a mini oh, goal for them, something to look forward to, to be like, oh, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. You know, my kids are still a little bit too young to understand like, money and how much things cost and what it takes to get there. But, you know, um, 
it's hard to balance that line sometimes because you want the best for your kids. Yeah. You want to give them everything, yes. but at the same time, I don't want to spoil them. I don't want them to always expect this from um, their grandparents. Um, and, you know, actually going through a divorce, you know, my kids are more cognizant of money because mm. I talk about it with them, you know, because they're like, oh, if you're working, who's watching us and why is it me here? And I have to go to work to pay for whatever, you know, I, I'm more free about that because it's just me now that's with them. And obviously I have my dad helping us, but, you know, I'm hoping to one day just support myself with just the kids. And I hope that they recognize how much work goes into it. And even though we have support that they have to appreciate it, even at a young age. For me, I don't see myself as that second generation. I, I feel like myself, I'm more like the first, you know, mm, my parents, like I, me today, I'm more successful than my parents were coming over. Mm. But what I saw in them and what they'd been instilled in me is the hard work of a dollar. You know, like I had to pay for my college um, nothing was handed to me. I had to pay for, even at when I graduated to pay back my loans, half of my paycheck went to my college. And then, you know, I, I lived in this apartment that was like, I think like $800, you know, a month, just scraping, you know, and, and I would save up for a $300 toy birch purse. Like that was my splurge. Right. Um, so to me, I feel like I understand the value of a dollar and how hard it takes to work for that. And I, that's what I want to instill in my kids, that it's not easy. It's not given to them, you know, pay for it. Let them take out a loan and, and see that interest building up. Like I had to open that, you know, log in and open that every month and see, okay, yeah. this is the interest that it took on my college loans and, and how, how long it's going to take me to pay that back, given how much money I'm bringing in, you know, to, to have to calculate that, to have the pressure of that, you know, it made me who I am today. And, and made me more self-conscious of money. And that's why I'm, you know, frugal in a sense, but I know where to spend my money. I know what's worth it, what's not worth it. I just don't throw it around just because I, I may have it, you know? I mean, to plan for the future. You know, no, tomorrow's not promised. You know, you may be doing well today, but tomorrow yeah. COVID could happen and, and something, you know, happens and you don't make as much money anymore. You have to have money, residual money to live off of to get you by. And that's yeah. what I wanted to instill in my kids. So I'm hoping that they're the richer ones, you know, that they're that second generation, you know, the first generation and they can do better than me. Cause that's, that was our goal of our parents, right. To come over here so that their kids be better than them. I, I know Taiwanese fan. I'm married to a Taiwanese um, woman and a lot of them are, you know, very well off. And I know a lot of families that <clears throat> have to lie to their children. Say we're broke. We're, we don't, we don't make money. We, yeah. And, and it does a number on them and it just it's amazing watching then when they get a little older they get a toyota camry or they get a volkswagen you know a jetta but their parents can afford you know much 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 higher than that and that's all they get and they're lied to their whole life until a certain point the parents reveal it when they're ready to and i, I find that to be pretty mind-blowing to to be able to go through that i wish i can you know, have the heart to do that to my children, because I think that would actually be, I don't know, good for them. But it's hard. Like you said, it's hard to, you know, you want to spoil them and you want them to know right. that they're having a good life, too. A Roosevelt's yeah. getting a Honda Ronda. I mean, that's what I drove, you know. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's a Ronda? That's what I named my Honda. Oh, I thought that was, that was a, 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 no, a type Honda, of Honda. No, Honda Ronda. <laughs> my, that's what I named my car. That's what I drove. 
Washington, with, with all of the self-awareness -aware, building up now and you're recognizing sort of the way you're handling your children, what, what kind of thoughts go through your mind with the financial side of things about giving them a, you know, money and stuff like that? You know, being the duck dong or the, the oldest son, I've heard, you know, the three generation thing that you talk about. And, you know, I think we're, you know, it's always going to be um, hard to replicate someone's career that was at a different time, like we talk about. Yeah. But, um, you know, my, I think the biggest blessing that my parents gave us was they were successful enough to allow us to at least explore different industries or different investments or careers and to see what we like to do, but to continue, uh, for me and my, my self-awareness, it, it doesn't help me to compare myself to my dad. It makes me more, um, anxious, you know, mm -hmm. like, man, like, why can't I do what he did? And I live like that all my life. And yeah, I've learned to like really celebrate what he's done, embrace it. And then focus on, you know, trying to find what makes me, you know, happy, you know, it's, it might, it might not be banking, you know, like my dad, but, uh, you know, I'm just trying to focus more on my family at this point. In terms of, um, a succession plan for your father's sort of his work, do you all sort of think about that? And is there something in place or is there, we, we definitely, yeah. yeah, we definitely talk about it we we plan for it and um um it's you know of course it's for someone like my dad who's been that successful he's always he always has a plan so so it's uh you know even now like my sister is an attorney and she, she does whatever legal work is needed for us and and i help out where i can and so does washington so it is a team effort mm -hmm. Uh, to manage, you know, the real estate and other businesses we have. But uh, as far as, you know, the generational thing that you mentioned, I, I think what the Taiwanese do, I think that's that's a genius thing to do, actually. Rather than, you know, a lot of the Vietnamese play, it's like, let's show off everything we have, you know? <laughs> but I don't know. And then, when you look at the, and then when you look at the bank account, you're like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, there's hey, a Reagan lot of... Runs off Reagan runs operations. He knows about that one. He's yeah, like, yeah. Washington, what the fuck kind of branding expenses is? Just kidding. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, um, yeah if, if, if you uh, want to know more, I guess you'll have to keep watching if there is a season two. I don't know if there is. And if there's not, we're filming with Kenneth Wynn. But, uh, <laughs> but there's definitely... There's, Washington. <laughs> Would you say Reagan? But yeah, there, there's a plan in place for sure. Um, I wanted to talk about this uh, immediately from the get go of the show to the, all the way to the end. I had no, I had no idea Judy was actually the oldest. I actually thought Judy was the youngest. And thank I'm you. Out there. Yeah, because you you look the youngest. I, I actually thank thought you. that was the youngest That's one. That's a good one, Kenneth. I'm gonna no, start no. using that one. That's a good one, man. Nice. Nice recovery. I promise that that's how I, you know, I, I thought. So, but that there's a bad side to that too, right? Because that made me question, is your family based on gender, based on uh, pecking order of, of your birth order, or is it a meritocracy based family? Right? So I wanted gender. to get in, say it again. Gender. 
These are need to be an explanation. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let me get into that then. You were growing up and it's a gender-based favoritism based on gender, right? Yes. Did you ever fight that? Did you ever sit and tell your parents, oh, that's not cool? You know, you know what my mom, she would try to like talk me out of it. She'd be like, oh, it's because, you know, you're so good and you're so smart that you don't need me and dad to like help you and you can handle things on your own. And Washington, you know, he needs more help. So that's why we give him all the attention and Reagan's the youngest. So of course, you know, you, we all have to take care of them and give it to them. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So that's how it was explained to me when I was a kid. <laughs> so it didn't really, it didn't sound like a, a real big deal because the way you're, you're explaining it, it's very, um, you know, you don't sound like you're hurt or devastated by that sort of decision. You know, I'm not hurt or devastated about it because I know my parents love me in their own way. They mm -hmm. don't show it to me the same way they show it to him. But I know deep down they love me and they show me in their own ways. Um, but at the same time, I know that's just the way they, they, their culture and that's just how it is. Um, and you know what, I, I truly do feel as the oldest sister, I try to do whatever I can to help my brothers out of pure love, not because, you know, my parents forced me or because any other reason. So whatever I can do to help them, I'm up for it. Look, Kenneth, like, it was funny. We came home from Oklahoma this past week and we went up there to uh, celebrate uh, my sister-in-law's baptism for her kids. But on the, on the way home, we saw, I told my parents, like, Judy got this new car, just like the one I was driving, but it was a white one. And, you know, your your new white SUV is really nice. Well, <laughs> you know, if I have, if I, my parents, they've, they like had a grocery store named after Judy. Dad No, it put, was a washateria. <laughs> you know, the ones, the coin laundry. My, that's what I got. No, but Washington then every got, year for Christmas, my dad spelled her name on like the front of the house, like Judy, like in cursive. And what's, what's your point, oh, Washington? Wait, what's, wait what's, what's your point in bringing that up, Washington? Answer the question. Judy's right. They love her in different ways, but they forgive their sons more for screwing up. Uh, I agree with that. <laughs> Judy's never gotten in trouble, though. So Yeah, I do. You didn't watch the show? <laughs> Not when you were younger. Judy, Judy, well, Judy, yeah, growing up, Judy was pretty square. Yeah. I mean, she studied a lot and stayed in, and yeah. for the most yeah. part, Washington and I were, we, we were wild childs. We were and, at Juvenile uh, Hall when we were 12 and 13. But um, but to answer your question, for sure, Washington <laughs> gets – gets he's the oldest son. So in Vietnamese culture, of course, they're going to get most of the attention. and and But along with that attention, I think, comes with a lot of pressure too. So I know it can be difficult for Washington. So, yeah, we tease them and say mom and dad love them more. But they also – in a way, give them a lot more pressure too. So that that has, you know, that has an effect. I'm the baby, number one. So in, in the Vietnamese culture, in the Vietnamese culture, the baby, you know, they really take care of the baby. But my parents, my dad also puts a lot of pressure on me as well. My dad and I butt heads more so than Washington and Judy with my dad, I believe. Oh, wow, really? Because um, Judy, like, like, like she said, you know, a lot of what my dad asked for, Judy kind of does it and doesn't question things too much. Washington, you know, can do no wrong. 
in the eyes of my parents. But for me, I, um, I will challenge my dad if I disagree or in business or, or, or even sometimes just in when we're talking politics and just basic things, you know, I, I think Judy Washington would rather not rock the boat, but if I disagree with something, I'll say it. And I, some, I know my dad doesn't like it sometimes, but I just have to say what I feel I need to say. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We all get loved, but in different ways. Washington, Judy, I would love to know from, and I've been meaning to ask this too. Why do you think Reagan turned out that way from your perspective? <laughs> I, I would love to know this question. I don't, I've been thinking this for five years now. I, yeah, I what, 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 what gives I, I Reagan would, the I balls to, to stand up to the man, right? What, yeah. what, why does Reagan have that capacity, that he capability to... That <laughs> he was born that way, even as a kid, he would always get yelled at because my parents would try to teach him something and then he would talk back before they were done talking. And they're like, why are you jumping into my mouth? Like, like <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's just who Reagan is. Um, and that's just because he loves them, wants to make, <laughs> you know, it's not that, he just wants to challenge my dad to think in different ways because my dad is so conservative sometimes, but he thinks he's open-minded. <laughs> so Reagan's just like, well, what if you did it this way? And then that annoys my dad because he thinks like, what, are you saying I'm stupid kind of thing? You know, the yeah, but Washington, thing. but why didn't you do that? Or why didn't Judy do that? Because right? I watch, when I watch Reagan and him do it, it's just like Reagan still doesn't get his way. So I'm like, why don't I just tell dad what he wants to hear? And then he'll, <laughs> <laughs> he'll say what my dad wants to hear and then he'll just do whatever he wants anyway. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm like, he's too old. Like yesterday he came over, I was doing the grass and he's like, oh, you planted this one. It should be six inches to the left. I'm like, okay, I'll move it six inches to the left. Um, and then like he left the house and he came back and he said, and I didn't even move it. Right. Cause I knew it'd take forever. He goes, see, I told you, I was like, yep. Cause I told him to stand in a different spot in the, in the lawn, you know, it's just like, he's old. Let him be happy, man. It's all good. Tell him what you want Even if it's left. Yeah. I don't, I, I just say, I just say what I want to say. <laughs> why is Reagan, why is Reagan able to do that? Why is Reagan able to speak his mind? Maybe because he saw how me and Washington were. He's like, yeah. I don't want to be that mm. way. Yeah. He, he, he's always like, Wash, yeah. I know you don't really want that. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, dude. You're like, you just want that because dad said it would look great right there. Didn't you? And I go, yeah. Yeah. You're like, it looks stupid. Like, move that shit. That's stupid. It's and I'm like, I will. And he'll keep coming back to my house. He's like, why didn't you move the thing? And I'm like, I will. And he's like, that's because you're scared to hurt dad's feelings. He's up on the lives and has a look at that shit every day. You do. And it was this yeah. big waterfall thing he made me do. But I'm so glad I ripped it down. Yeah. And now I get to design my own shit there. Yeah. Yeah. He put this this huge, I mean, koi pond. I mean, I like koi ponds, but the way this one was <laughs> pretty ugly. It was bad. It was ugly. But of dude, course, he was, dude watch. you should, Reagan, you should have seen his face when he came over. And there was, I had these two guys over, like, removing that thing. Like, Leslie calls, he's like, hey, what? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, your, it's your house. You do whatever the hell you want with it. Yeah, Reagan's um, like, it's your house, dude, not his. Yeah, and then, you know, my, my dad, he's, he's, a, he's a military guy. He's, he's, an, he's an alpha dog, right? He, yeah. he's, he's, been, he's been right most of his life. 
Like he's made a lot of money just doing what he thought was right. So it's very hard. It's very hard to challenge him. And so I, but I'm, I mean, I guess it's like two alpha dogs arguing with each other, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not cocky enough to think I'm always right. You know, if I know I'm wrong, I'll admit it and I can, I can eat, I can eat it. But, um, but I'm a little more open-minded and I, yeah, I try to do to get him to see, you know, things from another side but the older he gets you know the, the less i try to because he's kind of just he's kind of stuck in his ways and yeah. there's no point getting his heart you know his heart rate up his heart pressure down <laughs> so i try not to i try to do it less now freaking black pine that he wanted to move six inches yeah but but as a yeah. result though do you do you feel that because you're very challenging to him that you get less love, less money, less favors than Judy or Washington? No. I wouldn't say less love, no. I don't know. He, he knows if he comes to me, he's going to get some reality. I'll tell you that. So, <laughs> so, so I don't know. It depends on the situation. You know, sometimes he wants my opinion on certain things, and sometimes he doesn't. So I, I wouldn't call it less love, though. It's just, it's just a little bit different. In terms of family and friends in your your world, all of you, all four of you, how has that changed for for each one of you? You know, I got I get a lot of girls DMing me saying they want to be my friend now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, we have this small, close knit group of friends that we hang out with, and I've, you know, and, and what you didn't see on the show is I have like a a little girl tribe, like six women that are all his friends' wives. Or I didn't make friends with them uh, organically or anything, but they're a good support system. What is y'all's title on Instagram? Wives of Troublemakers. Um, <laughs> wives yeah, of Troublemakers. So, that's our chat room. Uh, that's the name of it. So wives <laughs> of Troublemakers. Uh, to, you, you, know, you, care, you care to name all the wives, please? <laughs> <laughs> the wives. They're going to deny it. Um, but she'll name but, the husbands right now. Right? Uh, but other than that, no, nothing else has changed. Uh, I see a change in Wash, though. You know, there's people that pop up. <laughs> more so uh wanting to be in the limelight i got a shark so. tank in my garage with fans it's hilarious <laughs> yeah like, washington you got random people coming from the internet living in your house pitching so. pitching me yeah that, pitching that's me that's the weird part is when they really? show up they show up and watch is like oh i'm gonna <laughs> stay here but i'm yeah. like a weekend you know whatever i'm like okay and then and then once i have to kick them out um because it's been i'm like when's your wh what time's your flight back I'm like oh i booked a one-way right a one way you know to, to know. houston like, so like don't don't you have a job like what yeah don't you have a family here? don't you have a job don't you have friends so God, um, this is this, this is like another podcast right here yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's more of those Washington. that i deal with but you can talk more on that what Washington, Washington likes to have well, you know when i started this uh kenneth you know and as me and you spoke i think two three months ago when reagan did you know just knowing that you were a win or you were vietnamese like i told Brittany, who set this up like if there was any vietnamese i could help or smaller entrepreneurs and these guys just need a little exposure and if they're good they're good i mean at least i gave them a little bit right right but you know i, I try to do I try to help one or two people if I can, you know, but, you know. Well, why is it, why is it your responsibility to help 
these people. He's just a helpful kind of guy. Well, you know, they're fans and they were they're here and I want to try their food and fuck it. They're gonna go smoke brisket for me and I like it and the food and I'm okay. gonna you know. Washington likes having he likes having an entourage around that you know that I will, hey, I'm gonna say it that, that say hi, he likes having an entourage that kisses ass. That's what he likes. But he's always and that's why like that. Yeah, help, yeah, helping people. We oh, have the man hey, here. Hey, look who it is. Hey, look. Back, 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 back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for thế giới coi cái uh, gia đình của bác uh, rất là con rất là hạnh diện uh, được thấy bác với gia đình nhưng mà without you how the world know about <laughs> so thank you you're fun okay yeah con con you hy vọng được... you know transparent that the whole world know about okay yeah, thank yeah. you con con hy vọng được một ngày nào được ngồi chung với bác với bác bác gái uh, nếu mà hai bác có rảnh thì uh, con với hai bác nói tiếng việt rồi con cũng uh, chia sẻ và, và biết muốn biết thêm về đời sống của hai bác. Come to Houston. Someday. Dạ, dạ. Dạ, cảm ơn bác. Okay, bye. Dạ, dạ. He's coming to check on the last Oh, I, I never told my parents that I did the first podcast with you. My mom, like, one day, like, two or three weeks ago, came up to me and mentioned it. She said it was good, but I never told about her about it. So I don't know. Somehow she found it. But uh, I'm sure they'd be happy to uh, do an interview with you, my mom and my dad. I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I, again, it goes back to that first question that I asked about the articulation, right? I, I speak Vietnamese okay, but I even feel like I don't get to know my my mom and dad or older people to the level like like Reagan when you and I talk, or you know, we can get down, we can really break things down on a granular level because of our sort of vocabulary that we share together. But all of that experience and that love that we don't get to experience with our parents, it's gone and it, it just terrifies me when I think about it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, is, does your mom speak English or do your parents speak English? Or is this, oh, I'm they, they speak English probably like your father right now. Um, yeah. You know, not not yeah. a lot of vocabulary. Mm-hmm. We, 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 yeah. It's just back to like what you said, the Vietnamese way of, you know, of not using words as much and being more intuitive and understanding of each other, I think. Have any of you um, experienced during the whole time you guys were taping a fuck it moment? Like, fuck this. This is too difficult. I want to stop. Yeah. Every day. Really? Yeah. Like, really? yeah, every other day, I feel like I, I was like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> no, like, it's like, why, why, why put myself through this? You know, what are we doing this for? Like, the, it's not the money. You know, <laughs> what is the point of this? You know, it's like, and I felt like our marriage was the beginning when I was trying to hide everything and not be open about what we were going through. You know, I'd be like, watch, you can't say that. Don't say that. You know, no, don't say that. No, I can't film that. And so I would just be more flustered and frustrated. And I was like, you know, and I even had a conversation with the producers and wives. I was like, you know, husbands and wives, like they meet on screens, you know, cause they have so much chemistry and that's why they get married. Like Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, you know, and, and they have all this chemistry and we're married and we're supposed to have this chemistry and it's not seen on screen. Like you don't see that. And, and then I was questioning like our marriage. I was like, you know, 
should we even be together? If we don't have this wow. chemistry, you know, on screen where it should be so innate and so natural and it should be like, oh yeah, they belong together, you know? And that's what, it, it was just so hard for us to, to even be in a room and so hard for us to have a conversation, mostly because I was trying to fight back tears and I was trying to fight back emotions and I was trying to hide what we were actually going through. You know, not saying I was, you know, trying to portray the happiest marriage or anything, you know, obviously Wash, you know, being the way he is, you could see, you know, some of that, but I was trying to hide the, the real, you know, kind of problem behind it also, like the alcoholism part, or because I hadn't even dealt with it. I hadn't even processed it myself, you know, being taped through it. So I had lots of, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, and, and I had to be talked down, talked off the ledge multiple times. Wow. Wow. What would have happened, Washington, if Leslie decided to drop out? What would happen to the show at that point? There's no show uh, without me. We might have gotten a, a huge ratings <laughs> hike, you know, because I'd have two girlfriends and, uh, you know. <laughs> Were there like Washington Probably true. Talk about Leslie, you know? Reagan, what'd Probably you say? Probably true. Hey, sc- <laughs> it would have been a different show. Hey, Scott, it would have been a different show. Courtney might get, Scott and Courtney might get back together. I read it. You would have seen the old Washington come back. <laughs> that's, that's true that's, i don't want to see that when they make reagan an executive producer they'll see the old washington come back <laughs> he knows how to produce that one <laughs> what about you judy no, no i didn't have that i never had that either so mm-hmm. just me just, just leslie every day for i reagan? think because leslie yeah. hadn't shared a lot of that with her own family so it was harder for her with right, us right. we were going through it with our family so i'm like it's already out there anyway but no. what i would tell leslie is i'm like bet my sister, she announces a divorce. I announce my alcoholism. Whatever you're going to announce is going to look really small to your family, no matter what. <laughs> That's She's, true. Yeah. She was like, yeah, you're right. I'm still getting the backlash from my family from this whole show. <laughs> you know, my mom still calls me and says, your aunt called me and she said, you're so throwing me up. Like, so, you know, everyone feels sorry for you. You're so pretty. And how could you marry a guy like that? And in that family, and your mother-in-law treats you that way. Oh, and I'm like, mom, it's just a TV show. You know, like I still deal with that. Yeah. Her mom's like, she's like, Washington, can you, you know, when the- everyone aunt- wants to know, you know, the, my number one question, is Wash really that way? <laughs> is he really like that in real life? Her family yeah. saw me this past weekend and they were like, you know, because oh. we're in Oklahoma, we see them once a, a, a year, you know, and I, and yeah. I even said that on the show, like, you know, I think once a year is good enough. But that that weekend, I make sure he's in a suit and tie and he's well behaved and he doesn't say things, you know. And No, her aunt saw me. They're like, oh, you lost weight. You really are an actor. And I go, yeah, it's all acting. <laughs> I mean, I really had to tell him sometimes. They're, oh, they're yeah, like, no, it's not real. It's not like, real. Oh, you know? okay. I knew it was acting. My mom tells show. people that her friends call her. It's like, oh, my God, is your daughter? Yeah, she's like, no, they're acting. They're acting, you know. <laughs> so she has to tell people to make herself, like, feel better. We're acting. <laughs> I want to identify. I want to like identif- I, I identify something real quick that I want the world to know. What Washington is just doing to Leslie right now is sniff kissing, right? <laughs> My right? mom does that a lot. She yeah, does, and does. and it's she very uh, it's it's very specific to Vietnamese people. I feel I I don't know much about maybe a whole yeah. lot of other cultures do, yeah. but Vietnamese people um, do that a lot. They do. They do, especially with kids. Yeah, but then you think about it. Don't do it to me. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross. 
<laughs> but then you but then you think about it you you think about the implications of that i don't know i'm just like thinking well if you're just sniff kissing your kids you're not really the intimacy level of an american family where they put their lips on you know the kid's yeah. cheek or that's like direct right mm -hmm. and we are just so indirect with our love right it's just like just tapping it their cheek with their and we just smell the <laughs> essence. Yeah. You think it's because like all the fish sauce that they eat. Stuff, you know? like, <laughs> like I know, like Probably. my grandma, she kissed me like on the shower and be like, oh, it's not sanitary. Like I smell fish sauce on you. It's to save money. That's the she doesn't, that <laughs> doesn't need one today. She doesn't need a shower today. It's not that bad. That's now a that, really good reason, and I never, I never thought of that. It's all the fish yeah. sauce. That's yeah, <laughs> I want your lips on me. Well, that's what he eats like all that mum and fish sauce stuff, you know. So I'm like, please don't put your lips on me. And their his lips are huge. Uh, now, now that now that you've all been given sort of this social platform, this um, place of of speaking out publicly, uh, do you guys have any plans? personally each one of you to sort of like go with a charity or go for some cause or do anything specific with each of your platforms um yeah we we're supposed to be planning uh, a big charity event washington and i that, that we'll, we'll reveal it later this year but um not only giving back but of course trying to explore new business opportunities which has been pretty good so far um we've had a lot of people reach out to us and wanting to do some type of collaboration um so that, that's been good getting our name out there I, I think um other than that i don't know i just use the social media to try to meet women i guess <laughs> <laughs> which we'll see maybe just maybe another charity yeah <laughs> charity yeah that's a, good, charity. Very <laughs> that's a good one very giving um, um, I feel like I've been approached with a lot of women who have personal stories who have gone through the same thing that I've gone through. So those are more personal interactions I have in the DMs through my social media. I've been approached a lot with a lot of uh, women owned businesses, a lot of locally owned businesses, especially Vietnamese entrepreneurs that want to do a collaboration or want me to promote it in some way. And right now I'm just meeting with a lot of people and trying to decide what I'm going to focus on. And, um, it seems like a lot of moms with like multiple mm -hmm. kids like me or single moms like me or divorced moms. They're the ones that relate to me the most. And those are the type of product pitches I've been getting lately. And then, but a lot of, a lot of Houston owned businesses that I like to promote on my social media, especially women owned businesses. Yeah. For me, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the mental, you know, health and recovery that I'm going through, um, you know, just looking at different companies, you know, me and my, my brother had some great meetings this past weekend, uh, things that have helped me in my recovery and, you know, my, my, my health, you know, and, you know, when you're mentally healthy and emotionally healthy and physically healthy and what's helped me get there and how it's affected, uh, my life and gotten it better. I want to share with other people. So me and my brother are working on a few projects, um, how we're going to share that story. But I just want to help others that are going through the same thing I am and inspire them that it's possible. This is how I did it. But these are the things I went through as well. And 
you know, what, what has helped me through that, that journey? Uh, I've actually been involved with um, several charities. Uh, it's something that I want to use the, my platform for personally, and I've been evolving that. I spoke at the Mindful Business Women's event that uh, raised money for human trafficking, which is huge here in Houston. Um, I'm also doing another commercial that's, uh, that sheds light on human trafficking. I'm going to tour the Home of Hope, where they actually bring these women in and, you know, instead of giving them clothes and a job and pinning them back out, really deal with their emotional um, in therapy and how to get back into a society to where, you know, it's a different mindset once you're rescued. Um, and that process in, it, process in itself is difficult. And this organization helps um, them become back, to go back into society and be, you know, women and uh, not be scared anymore. Um, and I'm actually involved in, in helping out with uh, Little Abandoned Angels, which is an organization that helps raise money for the orphanages in Vietnam. Uh, we're actually going to the gala here in two weeks on May 8th. Um, so yeah, I've, I've used a lot in my platform a lot for charities specifically. I feel like the ones that involve children really tug at my heart. Yes. Um, and those are the ones that I you know, want to shed light to, just like um, Kids Meals Houston. They had reached out to me. They have no advertising whatsoever. So I, you know, support the Houston Food Bank, but those organizations are so big and they have so many avenues of fundraising, whereas these little ones, you know, the mom and pop ones that do so much good, they don't get the advertising. They don't get the money. And I feel like that's where I can help out. And that's, you know, I feel like that's kind of like the bigger bang for my buck. You know, that's where my time can be mostly used and monetized. It's beautiful to hear all four of your perspectives on the platforms and how you will decide in the future. And the evolution of your family is so interesting because we get to see, you know, from day one, all the way up until the next few years, how this is all going to play out. And regardless of how it plays out, it's already done things for our community. It's brought the community together um, in many different ways through conversation, through actual, you know, these podcasts and it's the proliferation of the Vietnamese brand uh, throughout the world, not just in the United States. So um, I thank you all for um, participating in sharing your lives to to the world um, through the, the, the TV show. Is there anything uh, in closing you all would like to add? We just want to say, you know, thank you so much for all the love and support from all the fans out there and the audience for giving us a chance and um, pretty much we're grateful and, you know, we're blessed and we want to thank everybody that was, you know, supporting us all the way from the beginning and, um, we're going to do our best. I think our show came out at a, a, an important time too, with all of this Asian hate and Asian hate crimes out there now. Um, and I hope people recognize that America is no longer the America that, you know, is just white. Um, there's so many pods of different people and I hope our show just gives a little bit of light you know into understanding our culture I, I guess just be more knowledgeable you know like I like watching reality shows I'm a big reality show buff I like I, you know I watch the Indian one just to understand the culture mm -hmm. a little bit better um, yeah. and I think that helps people open their minds and open their hearts you know so that we don't raise our kids in a world where there's so much hatred going on the diversity aspect I think is pretty it's cool to have, you know, my family on TV. It's, it's kind of, it trips me out, but you know, I'm always, 
Yeah, I, I I still haven't watched it. I can't because it's just it trips me out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know growing growing when we were growing up when we were kids, you know, the only Asian representation we saw was like Bruce Lee or like the dorky the dorky kid in in you know the romantic movies, dorky Asian kid. So I think it's good for especially the younger kids to know that, you know, we are also Americans and this is another side of being Asian American. We're just, we're just normal people, just like everybody else going through normal issues, family issues. Like Washington said, we are so grateful to our fans and everyone who's opened up their homes and learning about us and our stories. And we're so proud to represent and add to Asian representation in media worldwide. So to see that, you know, our family struggles and our family celebrates the same things that everyone else does. And that, you know, I also appreciate that we showed everyone what Houston, Texas is about. I feel like there are a lot of preconceptions about our city and we love our city. We were born and raised here. And I hope that everyone appreciates our family. And, you know, it does take courage to put, you know, to be out there to share everything. And that we hope that everyone is open if there is a season two to learning more about us. Thank you all. You know, uh, Houston, um, I got to meet um, Washington and Reagan uh, many years ago um, as we were putting a movie together and uh, got to really get to know Michael and Trisha Din and mm -hmm. Brittany Tran, uh, all very close friends of mine today, all people from Houston and um, Patty Maylab, another good friend of mine that I talked to a lot. And Houston people are just warm and everything we know about the south is you know it's it shows up in the vietnamese american uh, culture from houston thank you all uh for the work that you do and i look forward to the next uh year and the next episode if there is one um you know i i'm i enjoy it and i thank you all for the work that you've done make sure you thank you, you know, call us or dm us when you come in town we'll take you out I yeah. sure will. I think Reagan and I get together. I'll cook for for everybody because I love. To cook. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it again. <laughs> thank you all again. Yes, for sure. Okay. All right. Thank you, right. Kenneth. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran and Javier Proenza. Special thanks to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Crystal Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcast. Thanks again for listening. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.